0: If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. This is the word of the Lord. Well, as Alex said, we have. I'm from the Kirkwood location, and actually, I discovered Jubilee at this location. And I was part of the launch team that went out there to help launch that church. And so, being back here, every time I get to come back to this location, I feel like I'm coming home. It's great to be back here with you. I know that for those of us that went and planted, we are excited about coming tomorrow night to surge to be here with us together as one church. Uh, but what's interesting is not only is our church, you know, four locations, one church, we're connected to churches across the U.S., we're connected to churches globally. And this entire Unlimited series actually came from another church we're connected to that did this series, and it had such an impact, they thought it would be beneficial for us to go through together and to give full credit where credit's due. Today's message, uh, a gentleman named Jerron preached it, and a lot of what I'm bringing today is from his message because it was so good. Um, And we're in a series called Unlimited, and the tagline here, exploring ways God is not like us. Another way we could frame that is Every single one of you in this room is made in the image of God, every single one of you. But there are ways that you are unlike God. There are ways that you are limited, but God is unlimited. And today, as we continue through this series of unlimited, we're going through God's unlimited knowledge. If you were to ask a scholar or a theologian what that that means, they would use the word, it means he's omniscient. And I looked up in the dictionary to help us. I thought, oh, that'd be good to get the dictionary definition. What does omniscient mean? And I expected this really expansive definition and they defined it in two words, knowing everything, (laughs) knowing everything. Let's pray. Dear God, we just come before you today as a people, and I just, I don't even understand how with a limited mind, we can comprehend the the God of unlimited knowledge. But Lord, I do ask that you would help guide my words today, and I, I would help guide our time. And Lord, all of us together say, Holy Spirit, please come minister to us, draw us closer to you, help us to know you better through this series, help our lives to be impacted today, God. Amen. I work in a job in sales, and several months ago, I got a text from the vice president of the company, who's also one of the owners, and his text read this. I need to see you tomorrow in my office at 10 a.m. and we'll have the director of human resources there as well. <laughs> now, upon getting this text, I started, yeah, I knew that's well, never happened before. It's either a really good thing or this is gonna be really a rough thing, right? I wasn't sure what was coming. Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you have a friend that you get coffee with, you get pizza with, you enjoy time with, but the text coming from them isn't like, hey, let's get together. It's, we need to get together, let's get together Wednesday. And you start to get along and say, why, are we, why do we need to get together? What's it? And you go, hey, do you know why we're getting together with this person? Do you know, right? And it's in those times where where, we we come to reality, man, we are limited in our knowledge, right? And maybe it's, you've happened, if you're not a texter, maybe you've been in a doctor's office, right? And you're waiting for the results to come in from an x-ray. And now you're waiting that 30 minutes or that hour, maybe you're at an ER or wherever, and you're thinking, man, how bad is this injury? And you're waiting and you wish you knew, but you don't know, or or I hope this isn't your situation, but, or for for you or a family or a loved one, but it's even worse when like the testing, the doctors can't figure it out and the test is taken taking weeks and weeks or days, and you're not sure in the test, they keep trying to figure it out. And the unknowing is worse than the knowing, because at least if you knew, you knew what you were dealing with, you could begin to, to make a plan and try to attack it. And we're reminded in those moments, man, we are limited in our knowledge and it is rough. And it's really rough for us as an Americans, because we like to be a people that are in the know, right? I mean, that's why shows like TMZ do so well and gossip columns and shows. That's why news channels. They're 24 hours. You can go in to to learn and see what's happening. If you're a sports person, there's ESPN and football and, you know, all these different channels. There's the food network because we got to know how to plate our food correctly. I think, you know, I got excited when Alex said there's pizza tomorrow night looking at me, right? We got the food channel. We got to know... And so, you know, we we can even set it so that our phones, right, just alert us to whatever things are of interest to us, and they start popping into us. And man, when we're really in a jam, when we really can't figure it out, thank goodness we can turn to Google. We see this even more in a reality today as we look at millennials. And I'm i am one of those people, I actually do not like to use millennial stats. Anytime they come up in the workplace, I'm like, "Uh." and part of the reason for that is millennials are just like us in this room. They're a diverse people. How do you take a diverse people and lump them all into one thing? Some are married, some are single, some have children, some do not have children. Some grew up in really hard financial incomes. Some grew up very wealthy, right? So they're diverse. And this stat was so shocking to me. I wanted to share it because even as they pulled a if they got half of it right, it's mind-blowing to me. And the stat among millennials today is that 86% give credence to astrology, which is where you read the stars. They give credence to their fortunes. They give credence to knowing I'm a Leo, I'm a this, I'm a that. I got to go to my horoscope. I got to get my daily information, right? And it's because they're looking. They know they're limited in their knowledge. They got to know, am I supposed to date that person? Am I supposed to do this? Am I? And they're looking and they're looking and they're looking. If we go back to our verse in Deuteronomy 29, 29, that we had at the beginning, it says, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God. In other words, there are God things that only God knows, but there are things revealed that belong to us and to our children forever. There's things that he wants us to know that belong to us, that are ours And why does he want us to know him? So that we can obey all the words of the law. And what is the law that Jesus gives us? He breaks it down real simply. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love others as yourself. God is saying, I have a God knowledge and you can partake in it so that you can love better. You can be on mission together. And our quest for knowledge, we can look in the wrong places. Matter of fact, Paul addresses useful knowledge. There are some ladies in the church that he's writing to at this time who are stirring up some issues and creating some problems. And in 2 Timothy 3, 7, look at what he says. He says, they're always learning. Man, they're learning, right? And they're never, but they're never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Man, they're seeking knowledge, they're learning, but the lifestyle, the choosing, the way they're choosing to learn, where is it taking them? Nowhere. It's useless information. God gave us beautiful minds. Even though they're limited, he wants us to learn. He wants us to grow in knowledge. It's a good thing. But God doesn't hold us responsible for all knowledge. He holds us responsible for useful knowledge. Meaning it's not our job to know everything about everything, nor could we even if we tried. As a matter of fact, if you were to... um, If you were to try to just, all of a sudden, you got all the knowledge about everything at once, one of two things would happen. You'd either become desensitized to what's happening, or at least I know I would be, or I'd be crippled by it, not able to take action. So maybe you've heard the the quote, maybe you've heard this, ignorance is bliss. And when you don't know, right, it's easy to to just go through. But here's what God says. God says, I want you to weep with those who weep. I want you to mourn with those who mourn. In other words, I don't want you to be so worldly in your knowledge, so chasing after knowledge that isn't important to what I'm doing, that you lose sight of the people and the mission that I'm on. My uh, first child, we have two children. The first child we ever had, she's amazing. But my wife, in order the, to, to um, she could not give natural birth or she would die. Like there, there was serious health risk to her. I wouldn't have even thought that could happen in modern day. And so we had to schedule a C-section. And when we went into the the room, they laid her down and then they took a curtain and they put this curtain up between her and I. And they said, this is our side. This is doing the things that we're doing. You stay over on your side. And they brought me a chair and they said, your job is to love your wife. I play an important role in giving birth. Yeah, right. Your job is to love your wife, care for your wife, see your wife through this thing. Okay, This is our side. That's your side. And essentially what the doctor is saying is, man, we're equipped to handle what's going on on our side. You don't have all the knowledge to even do what we're doing. Just take care of what you're doing on your side, right? And the reason they do that, is they put this curtain up is because if we hop up, we don't have that knowledge, that experience, and we look over, what's going on over there? <laughs> all right, and we're out on the floor. And now they got two issues going on in the room, trying to help my wife and trying to help the, the knucklehead that stood up, right? So I'm sitting there with My wife and the doctor does something unexpected. The doctor says, hey, in just a second, I want you to get up and look. I want you to get up. You're gonna you're gonna peek. Get ready. Get ready. Not yet. Not yet now. And I stood up right as my daughter came out. And right as she came out, they told her that she, she probably wasn't even going to be able to breathe. Right as she comes out and she starts screaming instantly. And I see her coming out. And the moment is so captivating that when I get a glimpse into that side, I look at my life and my wife and I'm doing so much better. I'm like, oh my goodness, she's beautiful. She's great. She's screaming. She's alive. She's awesome. She's amazing. Oh, she what a gift. And you see, the reason I was able to have that response is because I was focusing on the knowledge I was supposed to do, and at just the right time, the doctor said, I have knowledge for you that's gonna help you take care of your wife, that's gonna help you, that's gonna change your life. God has God knowledge that is God's and God's alone, and it's up to us to focus on him so that he can help us to do the things that he wants us to do. As a church, it would be good for us to say often, God, there are things that only you know be a good thing to remind ourselves to that, to accept that. Man, God, there's things that only know. You're God and you know these God things. And we can trust that he knows. Check out what scripture says. If you look at Psalm 147 verse 5, it says this, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Limitless understanding. The Bible says God knows every single star by name and he knows how many hairs are on every single person's head in this room. He knows the expanse of the galaxies as far as we can see and beyond, right? And he knows the depths of the ocean, And our limited knowledge, knowledge scientists literally just discovered in the past few weeks, they were actually looking out, trying to figure something out in deep space. And they found out that in our solar system or on our planets, they discovered 10 moons that they didn't even know exist orbiting one of our planets that they discovered by accident. It's an accident on our end, but our God is unlimited. He created those. He knows each one by name. He knows the cosmos. We have an unlimited God that knows everything according to the Bible however we are limited. This is my son. I told you I have a daughter. This is a picture of my son on his first airplane ride this year. He's four years old. And you can see he is very, very nervous. He loves trains and planes. And man, he was so excited that we were going to get to fly in a plane. But when it came to the moment, you could see, man, he's like, uh, the engine started. He got a little nervous. But something unique happened is the plane started to take off. My son looked out the window and he started noticing things. And he said, Dad, look, there's a person in that car. I can see the person. I'm like, awesome. And he's like, dad, I can't see the person. I can just see the car. I said, yeah. Yeah. And then we got higher and he said, look, dad, the car's a little toy. I can pick it up. Look, it's so cute. Right. And then we got so high that he looked down and he said, dad, where did all the cars go? The cars are gone. And it reminded me in that moment, the limited knowledge we have, because we as humans, we can see what's in front of us right there. He could see the person, or he could see the big picture. We can see things that are happening, or we can see the intimate details. And God is a God that is able to do both. God is a God that sees everything happening all at one time. And that the Bible says that he also sees when every single bird falls to the ground. He is intimate in his understanding. He knows events as they happen. Psalm 139 says this, for you have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit. You know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out. You discern my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Now, this is the verse that just blows my mind. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. God knows us so well before we even speak. He knows what's going on on the inside and he knows the words that are going to come out. And if you drop to the bottom, it says such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. He knows that every single one of us right now are in this room. And we're, we're experiencing, learning about him, growing in our knowledge. He knows that there's somebody stopped out the red light right outside and who it is. He knows that across town down in a hospital, somebody is taking their very last breath. He is the God of unlimited knowledge that sees and knows everything all at once. It also says that he's got an expansive knowledge, which we've covered. So we'll, we can skip this first, but it just talks about, man, none of us can question him or challenge him. Who can, he holds the mountains in his hands. It's an amazing passage that tells us, man, he, there's no one like him on earth. Actually, will you pop that up real quick? And we'll just, instead of reading the whole thing, we'll just do the last sentence. Isaiah 40, go to the next slide. The very last line and talking about the knowledge of all mankind it says, behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket. In other words, all of man's wisdom from past, from present, from future, the best scholars of today and all time ever. If I were to hold a bucket up with a drop of water in it, you wouldn't even see the drop. And it says, that's all of man's knowledge. Like that little drop, God's knowledge is unlimited. He knows all things at all times. God doesn't have to be told anything. He knows everything, which does lead me to an age old question that I'm wondering. Why does God tell us to talk to him? I mean, if he knows everything, why have us talk to him? Why does he ask us questions if he knows everything? And he really does know everything. In the Bible, you can find him asking questions. Oh, why is he asking questions if he knows everything? Why does he want us to pray if he already knows our sins? Why does he want you to confess your sins to him, to talk to him? Man. I know about you, you ever been in a situation where somebody tells you a story and you've already heard the story and they forgot that they've already told you the story? So it's not like they're giving you a shortened version, like, hey, remember this story? But like, they're giving you their full passion, like same story you heard word for word before. And you guys are probably better people than me. But on the inside, I'm like, do I interrupt them? Am I like, yo, bro, I know that story. You know, do I let them keep talking on the inside? I'm finally going, I'm so bored right now. Uh, you know, I, I just like it drives you crazy. And, and it's worse when it's a joke that's the really bad. Okay, right. But, man, and so we can think, man, if God already knows everything, isn't he bored? Why does he do it? Why does he ask questions? When Dylan started this series, Unlimited series, he started from the book of Genesis. And he talked about how we as people, Adam and Eve especially like they were reaching for a fruit. And in reaching for the fruit, they were reaching for knowledge that they thought that God was holding back, that God wasn't good. And so they were reaching for the fruit. They wanted this knowledge. And as soon as they bit into it, they got knowledge. But they got knowledge that they were naked. They got knowledge of things that were wrong. They they started to get a knowledge that all of a sudden, a lot of the sweetness started to evaporate. And if you look in that chapter, you find something very interesting happen. Adam and Eve begin to hide and God comes down for his daily walk. And I just think as a side thought for all of us in the room, that's God's heart. Is he wants to daily be with us. He wants even more for us to daily be with him. And he shows up in the garden and he knows where they're at, but he says, "Adam, where are you at?" And Adam pops out from behind a tree and he's like, "Here I am, God. I'm over here." "What are you doing hiding?" Adam begins to tell him what happens. And you see, in this situation, God is asking a question. He knows the answer to it. But in, by asking the question, Adam goes from where he was to where God wants him to be. Adam goes from where he was to being open before God and telling him so that God can say, I'm gonna provide for you. Here's what we're gonna do. How's you gonna go? So God is asking the question, not because he doesn't know, but because he wants to move him, Adam and Eve from where they're at to where he wants them to be, walking with him in his purpose. In John 6, chapter 6, Jesus is preaching to a big, giant crowd. He's doing miracles, and they get done, and he wants them alone time with his disciples. So they hop into a boat, and they're taking a shortcut across the Sea of Galilee. And you could, in that day, it was a long walk, but you could actually walk around. It's not like the ocean that that, seemed, that you could walk around and get to the other side. So he's going across with his disciples, and they get out on the other side, and they go up on a mountain, and it says they're sitting in a circle. Jesus sits them in a circle. So they're sitting there talking, and while they're talking, the disciples, or sorry, the crowd that was on the other side finally starts to catch up. And as Jesus sees them, Jesus realizes they're all hungry, but he does something interesting here in the scripture. Jesus says to Philip, who's one of the disciples that are sitting in the circle, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Now, verse six is key. Listen to this. Jesus said this to test him, for Jesus himself knew what he was going to do. Jesus already knew what he was going to do about it, but he asked this to test him, and Philip answers and says, Well, oh, let's see, God, if all of us, if we were to work for six months and we raise six months labor, then we could, oh, we could buy everybody like a little piece of bread, just a little scrap that they could bite into. And so he's starting to think about how we do it. And by Jesus asking this question, even though he knows, what happens is he takes the disciples from seeing people that are hungry and he takes them to feeding people that are hungry. He takes them from where they are to where God wants them to be. God asks us questions. God wants you to pray to him. God wants you to confess your sins. God wants you to ask for things, not so that you can manipulate God into doing something for you. God wants you to be intimate with him because he wants to help you move from where you are to where he wants you to be. And he wants you to accomplish what he has for you to do in the world. That's our original verse at the beginning, Deuteronomy 29, 21. There's God's things. There's things he's teaching us that we may obey the words of his law. I know what it's like to live in a 24-hour period. Alex made it all seem like nice and cushy. He's like, "Hey, we had this we had this event called New Day where we took your children from your house away from you for a week. It actually was a great thing. My daughter had a wonderful time. But as a parent, my daughter, who is a teenager, goes to this camp and she's in the hands of like we trust you guys. Like she's she's at a great place, right? Doing good things. And while she's there, I couldn't help but think, is she hungry right now? Is she okay? Is she sleeping good at night? Is everything okay? Are the bugs getting her? Is she doing what she's supposed to be doing right now? Is God moving in her? God, are you breaking it? And, and I realize how limited my knowledge is. I, I think I'm this parent that has control and can do everything. And in a moment, I'm limited. And I'm just, oh, God, please. And as silly as that sounds for some of us in here, it is much, much harder than that. You're facing something in your life that you are thinking, Oh my goodness, you're laying awake at night and you're like, God, how is this gonna happen? How can I get out of this? What's gonna happen? God, when is this going to happen, this thing that I've been wanting? When are you going to do this thing? Or why is this happening to me? and you're awake through the night, and I have good news for you. Not only is God unlimited in knowledge, but it says he's unlimited in his energy. He never rests. It says God is always at work, and I want to encourage you if, as I was speaking, if, if you were being pricked in the heart, I want to encourage you with something, and I don't mean this trivial. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 say this. Do not be anxious about anything... But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And before we look at the next slide, what does the next verse say? I'm mean, going to wonder, does it say we want to pray and we want to seek God? Because if we do, he's going to answer the questions in your situation. He's going hey, ask me whatever you want. I'll answer it. Does he say pray and connect with him? Because he's going to give you the why behind his overarching plan and what's happening. Does it say pray? Because if you do instantly, it's all gonna be better. Sometimes God does jump in an instant and it's called a miracle and it's awesome, right? But why is this happening? He says, pray, and this is what your promise will happen to you. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which surpasses your limited knowledge, in other words, will guard your heart and your mind in who? The God that knows God things, in Christ Jesus if you will take these hard, heavy things that are truly hard and heavy, and you will pray and you will seek God, he promises you that he is going to overtake you, not with all the answers, not to make everything better, but he promises you are going to experience a God peace that's going to watch over you and help you through this situation. interesting. Not only does God want you to experience rest and peace, but here's a reality. God is perfectly okay and often allows us to be moved into discomfort. The Bible says he disciplines those he loves. I mean, if I had unlimited knowledge, I would avoid everything that was bad. I mean, I would just be like, I see that coming out over here. I'm gone. Yeah. I would just avoid it all. And I would miss these deep things that come from this, this experience. In Jeremiah 17, 10, this will wake you up. And I don't mean this to be a harsh verse, but it is the reality. The Bible says this, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. He says that in the Old Testament, which is this from, he brings it out in the New Testament. And then he says, hey, man, there's even a final day when I'm going to return when there'll be, there'll be a, a great relationship with God and there'll be great judgment and he's searching the hearts and minds. I, uh, another verse in Psalm says it this way. It says, God, it's like if I was in a room that had a light on and have I turned out all the lights in the room trying to hide? It says it's as if, if it's to you as if the lights are still on. You can see everything. And beyond that, you can even see into my heart. The psalmist says, man, you can see the things, things I've hidden away from you. We try to hide things in the closet. God can see them. He can see past that. I things that I'm not telling anybody about that I don't want them to know from my past because I might feel shame. He can see the sin that I don't wanna talk to him about or pray to him about. He's turned on the light and he can see everything about us. I'm really sorry for doing this to somebody I don't even know you. I hope you are not a guest. But if you are a guest, I hope that you're a forgiving guest and that this is not how we normally treat people. But I'm guessing that right now you probably are a little bit uncomfortable because I'm right here in your space. And it's probably not only awkward for you, it's probably awkward for everybody in the room. As, sorry, God knew that was going to happen. Uh, as it should be for all of us, that should, it's awkward. He's, I'm in this guy's space that I don't even know, right? But how much more uncomfortable and rightfully so should we be uncomfortable with a God that is so intimate? He knows every single detail of our heart. It should make us have a healthy discomfort from a holy God who is unlimited in his knowledge of our lives. It's easy for us to think, oh, by grace, I'm saved, or one day I'll dress that sin, or worse yet, I actually, for years as a Christian, thought, I can't beat that sin. It's just, I know God does it for other people I've heard, but it's just like, eh, it can't happen, right? But almost every time in the Bible when God is talking about probing the heart, over and over through the Bible, here's his context, and I want to help you. I'm searching your heart. Not only am I gonna award men to their thing, but because I'm the God that is looking and will one day bring judgment, I want you to be close to me. I want you to follow me. I want you to lean into me because I don't want you to have to carry shame from the past. I don't want you to have the weight of sin. I don't want you to have things that are hidden. I don't want you to be undefeated because you have victory in me and I want you to walk in that victory. Let's look at Romans. It says this. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, or another translation says utterly helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare die. But God demonstrated his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God looked over mankind He saw our sin. He saw the worst that mankind has to offer. And his response was love. His response was, I am going to step out of heaven. I'm going to become a man. I'm going to do something to help you. And in Hebrews chapter four, get this, it says this about Jesus. When he comes out, it says that he experienced every temptation that we experience because he was a man. And so if you are a child in here, if you're really, really young, man, God knows what it's like to be a child. He was a child. If you're a teenager, God knows what it's like in the struggles you go through as a teenager. God knows what it's like to be tempted with lust. Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted with finances. Jesus knows what it's tempted to be like with relationship. And he lived through it perfectly. And he's saying, you can trust in me because not only am I the God that created everything, that made you, that knows everything, I'm also an intimate God because I know what it's like. It's like to be human. And I've successfully lived it out. You can depend on me in every single possible way. He was even the first one to rise from the dead, giving us hope. That's going to be us. I don't know about you, but when I'm, as a parent or as a business person or whatever, when I'm struggling in something, I try to find somebody who's really successful at it, and I ask advice from them. I might pray with people who are in it, but I'm getting my advice from people who have lived through it. I'm saying, help me understand this. And God is saying, I've lived through it. I've been successful in it. I've done it right. I have knowledge that is God knowledge. You can look to me, and I will help you. As we close out, I just want to close out with some practical steps to try to help us take ourselves, not we can't do, to allow God to take ourselves from where we are to where He wants us to be. First of all, um, the Bible says faith comes from hearing the Word of God. Simply put, study the Bible, read the Bible, open it up, ask God to reveal things to you and he will meet with you. As a church, we're going through the Bible in a year. And so if you didn't know that, it's a great time to jump in and here's something that's unique. This exact week right now that we're in is the exact halfway point that we are in the year. So if you're newer to us, you didn't know we you're doing this study, jump in, finish off strong. They're online on our website. It tells you where we're at in the study. Or if you go to a community group leader, they'll actually help you with an app and you can be studying along with people seeing comments. It's great. And so hop in. And if you're like me, you started strong and then you didn't stay reading like you should, guess what? It's a great time to jump into the study and just catch up. Just click that you're caught up on all the days. You can hit a button. It'll catch you up. And then just start. Grace is there. Start reading afresh because God wants to reveal his knowledge to to you. He wants to bring you where He's at, and if you are new to the church, we're happy you're exploring with us. I would just encourage you: there are a few things uh, that help as much as reading about Jesus. And so, open up the, the second half of the Bible is called the New Testament. You can open that up if you need a Bible. I think there's some in the seats behind you you can take, or we can actually show you a free app you can put on your phone. Um, but if you begin to read that, you'll see the life, and ask God reveal yourself to me as I'm reading this, and just see what happens as you begin to read. Second thing is earlier when I was talking, I was talking about those of us that have hard things or maybe even when, it was, when I was talking about things that are, are hidden, but we're going through something that's tough. And I, I'm not saying this flippantly. My wife and I went through over a decade of serious medical issues. So I'm not saying lightly like, like oh, just, I, I mean this sincerely. I believe that God is here today. And he wants to move in you today. He wants to do something special in you today. And so I have a picture I wanna show you. I do this often when I'm trying. It's a little grainy, I know, but um, you can try to guess what that picture is maybe. But I'll play this when I'm traveling with my family. I'll take a picture of where I'm at or I'll take a picture of something and hey, guess what this is. And what's interesting, if you guess jelly beans, you guessed correctly, this is a bunch of jelly beans. And I only thought jelly beans were good for eating. But if you zoom in on this, an artist saw it and put it on a canvas, and turn the jelly beans into a beautiful work of art. And I just want to encourage you, God knows what he wants to accomplish. He looks at us and he sees more than what we thought we could even accomplish through us. God wants to use us. And for those of you in here, there's going to be days that are bright and beautiful. There's going to be days that are hard. But I'll tell you, together, if you'll look to God Together, those things are God doing something. He wants to work through you. He wants to let you know, I've got this. I've got God things. It's not an accident. I didn't forget you. It's not that I don't know. And so today, as we step into worship, today is where I'm sure there'll be a prayer team up here. Today, as that's happening, if that's you, man, respond. And just say, God, I'm, I'm gonna look to you for this. I can't comprehend it, but I need your peace. And finally, if you are in the room, and you don't know Jesus, the last step, I want to encourage you to this. Trade your limited wisdom for a God that has unlimited wisdom. You can attain some great things about God by studying. You could actually pull out historical documents. And if you look through history, you will find Jesus was a real man. It is fact that he walked the earth. And that's why people try to describe how he did what he did. But it takes a step of you saying, Not only do I know he walked the earth, but I believe he's who he said he is. I believe he is God. And it takes a step of faith. You can use science to understand how things work and God holds it all together. So you can learn some things about God by studying science. But all you can know is how it works. Only God knows the why he created, why he holds things together, why he makes things work. And I want to encourage you, let go of trying to mentally get there with God and say, God, I, I know that I can't get there, but I, I need you today. I want you today. And so today as we're singing, it's a great opportunity. We're going to be singing to God. It's a great opportunity for you to talk to God and just to say, God, I'm just, I'm giving up. I'm trying to figure everything out on my own. I'm going to follow you as my God. I'm going to follow you as the one who knows who created me with purpose. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I would ask you to help me just to know you as my friend, as my God, as my number one in my life. I just want to walk with you. And God will meet you and put you on a new adventure. Could we all stand up?